You might as well just walk up to Cupid while he's on his lunch break, you know, cranking a beat or something, and yeah. right in the face, punch a little baby right in. <laughs> we'll see that. We're almost uh, three minutes into our sports podcast, and yet to bring up not one sport. Roll All right, welcome in episode 108 of the Hot Grits Podcast. I'm Travis Chardon. With me, as always, Spencer Maddox. Spencer, how you living? I'm living good, man. Uh, so a couple things right off the rip. First off, I know you think you're sneaky, but I saw you changed your primary email to an AOL.com. Um, had to shout that out. What are we in like the <laughs> early 2000s, dude? What's going on there? And also, secondly, I wanted to give a big hot grit shout out to my little cousin who just signed with Aiken, that's Kellen Blankenship, going to play baseball at uh, UNC or USC Aiken. And uh, he also had 13 Ks last week, 13 strikeouts against your alma mater, Country Day. So a big shout out to him. Uh, super proud of him. And you also told me about that as it was happening. I think you were live tweeting it, weren't you? Yeah, I was watching that like on the Game Changer app or whatever when Calvary was playing Country Day in baseball. Uh, and actually, I guess I should shout out my younger cousin too, who's also a pitcher for Calvary, Pierce Powell. He threw a perfect game against Aquinas the following weekend after your cousin wow. had like had like 13 punches in six and two-thirds innings. Um, yeah, so pretty awesome time to be one of our cousins, right? Yeah, that Calvary pitching staff, dude, just putting up numbies. Numbies on Our deck, family no is doubt. just putting up numbies. Uh, where do you want to start? I got some Savannah State stuff we could start with. Yeah, real quickly, let's touch up on that because you broke the news, right? And then all the Big J journalists just basically reported on what you reported on? Yeah, that's correct. correct. Wrong? That's correct. Okay. So at the end of episode 106, I broke down uh, – like I went like 12 minutes on my own. Um, and you can right. go back and listen to it. And I gave the names of people that were rumored to be finalists for the head coaching job at Savannah State outside of Russell Demasi, and sort of talked about Russell Demasi's situation over there, how he's sort of in limbo, um, and sort of what's next for that program. The names that I said, Lamar Owens, Aaron Kelton, were two of the four finalists mentioned, along with Russell Demasi, who, again, we also talked about, and we've talked about several times on this podcast, but what got me was that like when I reached out to Savannah state with those names, they acted like I had committed a felony offense by even bringing it up to them. Uh, you know, and they wondered how, how do you even have names? Like, how do you, how did you come up with names? We haven't even alerted any finalists and, you know, essentially trying to back me off of it, I guess in a way, but that yeah. obviously wasn't going to happen. I mean, I went on to record it and publish it, in episode 106 and the names that I said are now this week coming out that these are the finalists even so far as to and our guy Nathan Dominitz over at the Savannah Morning News reports in his story here are the four finalists to become Savannah State's next head football coach Russell Demasi, Lamar Owens, Aaron Kelton the same exact names that I had just said and Savannah State retweets that story as if it's there, like they confirmed it to the Savannah morning news, but I reported it on March 15th, 10 days before anyone else had it. It's just hilarious. Like if you're listening to this and you care about that, that is hilarious. And you reported it, dude, what, what the problem here is if you report something in long form podcast form, people don't want to give you credit, dude. Shout out the hot grits podcast and shout out Travis Shadon every now and then. Yeah. Also give me my credits too. Yeah, let's give us give ourselves some flowers. You know what I mean? We deserve some yeah. flowers for this. But Well, I have know, no problem giving myself flowers. Listen, we've talked about what's going on with Russell over there a bunch at Savannah State. You haven't talked about it as much recently. I, I mean, do you have any thoughts on it? You're still in the same camp, right? You're going to riot if Russell doesn't get the job. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a pro, We're a pro-Russell Demasi podcast, dude. We always have been. This is true, dude. This is true. Let Russ cook. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and say it. You beat me in our tournament challenge. All right. I'm going to have to caddy for you. You're damn right. Yeah. uh, That's done and dusted. It looked for a good while that I was going to win. And then it just took a dramatic turn 
in the round of 32 in the round of uh, sweet 16. Um, pretty tough, pretty tough week for me. Um, I will be wearing your last name on my back and caddying <laughs> for you wherever you choose. I can't wait. Um, let's see if we can get you to break 85 though. You know what I mean? That's the goal. Depen- I guess it depends on my caddy. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to be giving you the best advice possible. It's up to you to execute. You know what I mean? The pressure's all on you. Ball's in your court. So let's get that how out of the way. I gonna get you, how am I going to get you through that round where you can still drive after? Because you're <laughs> gonna, there's no way you're going to be sober for that round. <laughs> no shot, dude. Absolutely <laughs> not. All right. So now that that's out of the way, I did want to say that my two teams going into this tournament are now out. Auburn, unsamer- uns unceremoniously went out in the round of 32, I believe. Um, and then we just lost Houston in the round of Elite Eight, in the Elite Eight. I might be wrong on the Auburn one. But both of my teams are out, so I'd like to announce that I'm back to being a Duke fan. After all this time, I'm again a Duke fan for the Final Four. And if they lose in the Final Four, then I, you know, I'll reassess. You know? <laughs> so you're back to being on the Duke bandwagon. Yes. Right back um, at it, baby. Did you know that Duke and North Carolina have never played before in the NCAA tournament? I did not, dude. That shocked me. Have you Crazy seen that? People, people are talking about it, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it a few places. Yeah. Oh my I, somebody God. told me that yesterday, and I was like, surely that's wrong. Like, there's no chance. But I guess it's just one of those crazy things. And, dude, put your tinfoil hat on. It's Coach K's last season. You got to think that they did this on purpose, right? That's what a lot of people are saying. The NCAA rigged crowd is having a field day with this one. I mean, I think like Duke was always good enough to reach the final four. Right. But yeah, the people that are thinking that this is a fix and that it's in for coach K I'll reserve my judgment for that take until after I see North Carolina Duke Saturday night at eight forty nine PM. I'll reserve my judgment until I see that game. If the refs are bad, then yeah, the fix is in. Right, You know what I mean? Like if the refs are bad and North Carolina loses, the fix is in. But all the people that are so okay. scared, all the people that are so scared that like, you know, the the Duke haters out there and the Krzyzewski haters, of which I am one, uh, there's a lot of people that are nervous and scared. Like, oh, this is working out so great for Coach K. But I, I, I'd like to offer an alternate take. I think this is working out great for the anti-Coach K crowd. What other better, what better way could there be? Then North Carolina eliminating that old bag and his team in the final just four. Punching him out. Yeah, just knocking him cold. Hubert Davis, his first year coaching, knocks out Coach Shashevsky and sends him packing into retirement or, or to go coach LeBron in the NBA, one of the two. Uh, that would be perfect. No chance he goes and coaches LeBron, dude. He's done. I don't know. He's, He's LeBron's favorite coach. That's true, but he's done after this. He was Kobe's favorite coach too, and they tried. Kobe tried to get him to come out of. If he wasn't coming out for Kobe, he's not coming to the NBA for LeBron, dude. Can no you shot. imagine how tight those assholes are going to be on the Duke players? Like their buttholes are going to be so puckered tight by the time that game tips off. They're going to be so nervous because they have the weight of Hold the on, world. Pause, 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 sus, 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 pause, no homo. sus. Pause. I Fuck. agree. The buttholes will be tight. On the Duke sideline. So tight. So tight. <clears throat> so gross. So dude. tight. By the time they tip off, those <laughs> players have the weight of everyone on their shoulders, man. It's crazy. Like Leitner, Battier, Billis, Jay Williams, all these guys, Jay JJ Reddick. Like they Grant all Hill. Grant Hill. They have the weight of all of these players on their shoulders. And like I like Paolo Banchero as much much as the next guy, but he ain't JJ Reddick. Like this ain't the Duke players right. of old. This is a lot of pressure to have on on their shoulders. And North Carolina is and they're all like eighteen years old too. Like they're all yeah. one and done guys, yeah, which makes this like even their lives rooting for Duke. Right, right. Which makes which makes this even a little bit more remarkable because, like historically, I mean, there's been a few of them, notably uh, the Carl Anthony Towns team, the Anthony Davis team, uh, where. You know, these one-and-dones come in, they don't do so well in the tournament. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of times it's established teams. Like We've seen it recently, Villanova, you know what I mean? Like t- Teams like that where they've got, like, some upperclassmen or at least sophomores do well in the tournament. 
Um, so this Duke team kind of runs in the face of that. Um, I do want to see, especially with all the pressure they've been under, you know, naturally with this just being Coach K's last season. Um, I do want to see how they perform in the Final Four, though, where all the eyes are on them. Uh, they're playing against North Carolina. You know, the story writes itself. We'll see, dude. I can't wait. When When is that North Carolina game, do you know? Because so I'm still play, locked in on the Hawks right now. They play sat the Atlanta basketball professional basketball franchise. Right. Um, Correct. North Correct. Carolina Duke, Saturday night, 849. That's Duke favored okay. by four and a half points. Before that, um, I think around six Eastern, is Villanova, Kansas. Um, all, all of the – all of, like – the memes coming out of this blue bloods thing are electric because every team is obviously blue is their main color. Did you, right. did you realize that? Um, I'm colorblind, so I'm going to plead the fifth. <laughs> You're colorblind. So you didn't know Duke and North Carolina were blue. No, I knew they were blue, but I, if you would have told me Villanova's main color was blue, I would have nod my head and smiled. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> sure. That's so funny, dude. That's so funny. Sure. Oh, are they? They're all blue? That's crazy. I'll just have to take your word uh, obviously for Obviously Kansas, obviously Duke, obviously North Carolina, Villanova. It could go either way, dog. I don't know. And CBS having the broadcast, too, with, with the television show Blue Bloods, which has been on forever. Uh, that'll be right. put to good use, I'm sure. That'll be nice. Um, all right, well, other thoughts around the Final Four. I wanted to ask you, are you pissed that St. Peter's is not in the final four or are you kind of uh, glad? Uh, uh, see, I'm so torn here, dude. If St. Peter's was in the final four, we don't get Duke UNC. You know what I mean? There's that. And we definitely want Duke UNC. It's, it's like the best possible scenario, but St. Peter's was the coolest Cinderella story in the past 20 years. Easy, right? Oh Yeah. 100%. They had a white guy named Doug with a mustache, dog. Check. That story writes itself. Check. So I'm I'm torn here. Um I I am glad that we have Duke UNC. Yes. Will I miss St. Peter's the story? Yes, absolutely. Um I think I think them just making the Elite 8 though is like an accomplishment unto itself, right? Yeah, for sure. And they got plenty of national attention that they would have never obviously gotten anyways. Uh, the Animal Peacock got a lot of play, so that's good for the Peacock brand. That That is good for the Peacock brand. You know, which is a plus. I don't think the Peacocks had done anything. Like, NBC and the Peacock Network, obviously we're big cock fans, but <laughs> St. Peter's being there changed the game for them. I mean, for sure. Agreed, yeah. Agreed. Biggest thing that ever happened to that university by far. Yeah, I didn't know they existed before this. Nobody did. Yeah, yeah. I didn't either. I didn't either. Um, you know, one place that we've always known has existed. Coach's Corner. Coach's Corner, the best sports bar in Savannah. Coach's Corner at thirty sixteen East Victory Drive. Check them out. Tell them the Hot Grits Podcast sent you. They are our title sponsor. We are grateful for them. So show them love. This March Madness, check them out for concerts at coaches.net. Also on the Coaches Corner Facebook page to find out the full schedule, the daily specials. Um, if you want to call ahead your lunch special, it's 912-352-2933. 912-352-2933. Also check out the other shows on the Coaches Corner Sports Network. Carl Damasi on Saturday mornings, also with Kyle Lawson, the Who is on First Base Baseball podcast. They have that out every week. And Brandon Bain, the NASCAR man, rubbing and grubbing Wednesday nights on the Coach's Corner Facebook page as well as on YouTube. The 19th hole, the Herb Brothers previewing the Masters, which may or may not include one Tiger Woods. Uh, starting on April 7th, they'll be back starting next week on the Coach's Corner Facebook page. So check them out. Uh, the number one sports bar in Savannah, our title sponsor for the number one sports podcast in Savannah. Coach's Corner, you got to love it. Uh, you got to love it, baby. <laughs> Spencer, you want to make some picks here? Uh, both games, four and a half points. Kansas favored over Villanova. Duke favored over Carolina. Uh, are you going to bet this one way or the other? Are you leaning one way or the other? I'm taking Villanova in the matchup of Kansas and Villanova. 
Just straight right up, or are you gonna get the you gonna give the or receive the points? No, I'm gonna take the money line there. I think okay. Villanova has the best X's and O's coach remaining, um, with nods to you know the legend Coach K, whatever. You know, no big deal over there. I'm a Duke guy, always have been. Even this year, I was a Duke guy. Uh, but Jay Wright's the best coach left in the tournament. Um, they've won it, you know, the most recent out of these four schools. So I'm going to go with Jay Wright and Villanova. Um, and then I'm going to take Duke. You know, I'm going to take the points for Duke. I'm going to take Duke minus, what was it, four and a half? Yeah, minus four and a half. So you got Duke yeah. covering. Yes. Hell, all right. Well, I'm going the other way on both of them, I think. I'm going Kansas to cover four and a half. They're giving up four and a half. I think they're going to outright win that game and win by five points or more. And I'll take North Carolina plus four and a half to cover. I don't know if North Carolina is going to win. I have a feeling Duke will win that game, but I definitely would take North Carolina in the five points or four and a half points, depending on what it is. Um, And then Monday night, Spencer is the natty. I guess like for me, I think Kansas is the best team out of the four, but it definitely depends on who wins each game, you know, will determine who I pick. Does that make sense? Right. Like if it's yes. Duke. So, so let me clarify my Duke bet. If if I could bet that Duke would win and North Carolina would cover, I would do that. I don't think I have an option to bet that, though. Because I think Duke's going to win, but I think it's going to be by, like, two points. So I'm going to go ahead and take, like, if I got odds for that, I would definitely take that bet. But that's fair. I'm not going to bet Duke on the money line because that's also going to be bad odds. So I might as well bet Duke to cover. Do you see where my head's at here? I am with you. I see where your head's at. I synced it. Okay. All right. So I'm going to take Duke to cover. I also just think, you know, Villanova was my fourth squad. You know what I mean? So I had Auburn, clearly my favorite team that was in the playoffs. Then I had Houston, not a mid-major. Okay. Duke. Always been a Duke fan, always been my number one team, <laughs> and then Villanova. All right, that's that was my that was my lineup. So actually, two of my four teams are in it. So it's not a bad tourney for me. Yeah, what spin zone? Yeah, spin zone for sure. Um, well, hell, dude, are you even going to be able to watch these games? You're going to be at the bar Saturday night, aren't you? Yeah, I'm gonna be able to watch them. I've just been a bad employee, dude. It's all good. No worries, all good. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna uh, be able to watch you. You want to talk? Well, so next week, let's let's talk a little shop here. Next week, All I right. guess we should wait to record. I guess we should have our episode out on Wednesday, or should we record late Monday night after the game? I would say Tuesday if you can do it. Uh, we are talking shop here, huh? Let's. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll wait and reassess. We'll see how we're feeling, you know? Okay. Well, yeah, just be on the lookout next week. We might have our episode out a day late, so look for it on Wednesday probably. If not, I'm looking Tuesday forward to these night. games though, man. I'm looking forward to it. This is the most locked in I've been on March Madness in a long time. Yeah, this is the good part about not having a school like St. Peter's in there is that like you have four legitimately good basketball teams. You know what I mean? Like yeah. St. Peter's is like was fun to watch, but – Duke could have beat them the way North Carolina beat St. Peter's, and you don't want that in the Final Four. Like, I don't think either one no. of these games are going to be 20-point games. No, and there's also combined between these four teams probably 10 legitimate NBA players at least. Yeah. So th- that'll be fun to watch as well. A, a, a couple lottery picks in there. It's, it's going to be a good, you know, it's going to be a good Final Four, man. I'm looking forward to it. Dude, maybe the most fun player left in the Final Four. Maybe. There's a couple of great names. First off, you got Remy Martin, the backup guard for Kansas, which Love is it. just an all-time name. Remy Martin out here looking exactly like Bruno Mars, too. Look it up, kids. Uh, and then also uh, probably one of the greatest loves to ever play basketball, Caleb Love, a.k.a. Clove, playing for North Carolina, just lit up, absolutely lit up UCLA in the Sweet 16. I don't know if you saw that game, but he went off. I think he scored like 27 points in the second half. Um, 
So those are two of my favorite players left in the final four. You got any favorite players left? Obviously, there's that, a dude. Gillespie. There's a Gillespie for Villanova. We know that. Yeah. Every year. Of course, of course, there's a Gillespie, dude. But the only thing this tournament's missing is a redheaded kid just named Jameson Irish Whiskey. That's all we're missing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, Kansas has a white guy that wears an undershirt, obviously. I mean, so you have all the staples here. Duke doesn't have a white guy, and that's that's problematic for me. Yeah, Duke is white guy. You. But they don't I mean, have a white they've guy been to hang their hat on. Yeah, th- but it's okay. I mean, they've switched. They've switched gears over the last ten years. You know what I mean? Like they're a different. They're not the Duke of our years. You know, they're not the Duke of us growing up. They're like a machine now, dude. And you got to get used to that. Yeah, they don't have a. They don't have a lot of Greg Paulus's running around out there. Man, Greg Paulus, shout out former yeah. uh, Syracuse University great as well. Greg Paul I. People forget Greg Paulus played point guard for Duke and quarterback for Syracuse. Crazy. <laughs> how's that possible? It's awesome, dude. Like, how is that possible? That's nuts. They gave up after him. They tried Luke Kennard, and that was it. Luke Kennard's oh, still in the league. Spencer, Spencer, Saturday night, North Carolina Duke, that is one of the bigger basketball games of my life. As far as a fan goes, that is such a crucial game for me. I just have so well, much riding like, on it because Shashevsky is so, he's such a clown dog and I hate him so much. Yeah, but and plus uh, I like North right, Carolina. So I've always, I've always wanted to ask you this on air, your fandom for North Carolina. Obviously you're a Bo Sox guy. Obviously you're a Celtics guy. You're a Miami Dolphins guy. Where do you rank your fandom for North Carolina? What, what, team is it to you is it the fifth most important team the fourth most important team where do you it's rank down it? there it's down there it's down there right it's got to be it's down there so it can't be the most important basketball game of your life because it's way down there yeah but chefs but but i've drawn such a and hard the only line. reason i ask that the only reason i ask that is because i think a lot of people are like that where they have their pro teams there are a lot of people like me and you they're they have their pro teams and then they're kind of a fan of a, a college basketball team because they didn't go to a school that has a big program you know right. what i mean so they just, you know, they lock in on a team that they've watched their whole life. So it can't be the most important. It was got to be a Celtics game. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't know that the Celtics have ever played in a game where it's like if they lose the other team. I guess when they played the Lakers in the finals, I didn't want to see the Lakers win. But like North Carolina losing is one thing. Duke winning is a whole nother thing. So if, yeah. both, hap- if both happen – at the same exact time, it's problematic for me, bro. Yeah, no, I get that. So there's layers to it, dude. It's like an onion. Yeah, yeah, just like an onion. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I'll be pulling for Duke. I want you to be upset. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> Caddy. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so as we said, I have defeated Spencer officially in the bracket challenge. Uh, the ultimate winner of the bracket game still yet to be determined if Duke wins, there's several people that will be in contention, and it might come down to uh, the total points. Spencer, if Villanova wins, it looks like we have one winner. And if Kansas wins, it looks like we have one winner. Um, and then I don't know what would happen, um, honestly, if North Carolina won, because nobody picked them. North Carolina is the only team left in the Final Four that not one person in our bracket group picked to win. So then it would probably revert back to whatever the current standings are now. So Right now. Tight, yeah, tight race for the $150 cash prize thanks to our guy John Carr, the number one realtor in Savannah, 912-228-0916. Call John Carr if you want to learn more about the real estate market in Savannah, if you want to buy, if you want to sell in the Pooler area or Savannah area, anywhere around Chatham County, call John Carr. He's your man working at Seaport Real Estate. 912-228-0916. Find him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Um, Spencer, do you want to jump into some NFL news? A couple of rumors. I think we both have a rumor for each other, don't we? Yeah. So no, yeah. So my rumor for this week, I'm just creating one, basically. Oh, there okay. have been some whis- – all right, so there's been whispers of a rumor here. You know what I mean? Yeah, so people are people are like, I don't know, man. Like maybe, maybe Baker Mayfield goes to the Falcons. Maybe Baker Mayfield goes. To the- maybe Baker Mayfield goes to the Falcons, dude. What do you think? Grade that huh. rumor for me. 
Baker Mayfield to Atlanta would be kind of nice, dude. I kind of like that. Kind of nice. You could still call yourself a quasi-rebuilding team. You got a former first overall pick, manning the helm, reason to sell tickets. You know what I mean? Baker, Baker's still a draw. I don't care what anybody says. He's still a draw. People will turn up and show, like, they'll show up and watch three or four games if Baker Mayfield's behind the center. You know what I mean? I'm not oh, showing like up to that. Marcus Mariota. I kind of like that a lot. I like that too. Uh, Baker oh, Mayfield, oh, though, let's come off the whisper. Baker Mayfield, would he be popular in Georgia? The last time that Georgia fans cared about Baker Mayfield, they were beating that ass in the Rose Bowl, Georgia versus Oklahoma. Humble yourself. That was a humble yourself game. Right. Time heals all wounds, Trav. And uh, that's been a long time. You know what I mean? Like, I, and once the, once the player goes to the pros, like you, you start to not give a shit about that type of thing. Like we had Julio Jones as our wide receiver forever, and he just murked us when he was at Alabama. So that doesn't matter. Good point about time. Yeah. As far as time and wounds go? Yeah. You've got an even crazier rumor. That I wanted Here's to hear. a headline. Here's a headline from over the weekend from Fox Sports. Ever heard of it, Spencer? Kind of a I reputable have. place. Here's the headline: "Quote Is Tom Brady angling to play for the Miami Dolphins next season?" End quote. Let me answer that for you. No, he is not. <laughs> That's all I need. That's all I need. If Tom but Brady just, comes to just... the Dolphins, you guys are done. Everybody's done. They'll go from not caring about the Dolphins to hating us. I'll make sure of it. I will make sure of it. <laughs> Tom Brady's not going to the Dolphins, so all good. But why Why is this rumor happening? Here's, here's further down in the Fox Sports story. Quote, one report from the Boston area, which, by the way, let me just cut in immediately. One report from the Boston area sounds promising already. <laughs> one report from the Boston <laughs> area says that Brady is, quote, working on the move, especially after Miami acquired wide receivers Tyreek Hill and Cedric Wilson, running backs Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds and offensive tackle Toronto Armstead to bolster its offense this season. On Friday's Undisputed, Skip Bayless reacted to rumors that the GOAT could wind up with the Dolphins. Skip Bayless said, quote, Do I believe this could happen next year? I do. Do I think it could happen before this coming season? No, I do not. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna, dude. We're gonna move Tom Brady midseason. <laughs> no shot, dude. Of course, Skip Bayless had to react from the quote one report from the Boston area. <laughs> <laughs> um, no I like how shot. Tom Brady. I like how Tom Brady is going to be swayed by. Okay, I'll give you Tyree Kill. I'll give you Tyree Kill. But is Tom Brady going to be swayed by Cedric Wilson, Raheem Mostert, and Chase Edmonds? Raheem Mostert's played like three games in the past three years, dude. Cedric Wilson was the Cowboys' eighth best receiver, and Chase Edmonds played three games last year for the Cardinals before getting hurt. <coughs> like, I just don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, it would make that Tyreek Hill trade make a lot more sense. What did you, know you what think I mean? of that, man? Like, that was a rare day as a Dolphins fan to have a trade like that go down. It's been a long time. Like, I think the Brandon Marshall trade maybe would have been the last time that we did something like that. I was stoked. Who knows if it'll be a smart trade. They gave away the farm, but I mean, it's cool to have a player like Tyreek Hill. That's awesome. Okay. Let, let me ask you this question. And then I'll, then I'll answer that. Is Tua Tagovailoa your quarterback in two years? How, how sure are you of, are you of that? I'm 65% sure of that. 65% sure. Okay. Then this was a dumb trade. A really dumb trade. If you don't know that that guy is your quarterback in two years, you can't trade all of your draft picks for one wide receiver. Can't I don't do know, it. dude. They got so much better, though. Did like, they, Their though? defense was already pretty legit. They shirted up the offensive line with a Pro Bowl offensive lineman. And now they have two the two fastest receivers, two of the three okay. fastest in the NFL. All right, so I'm I'm in on this. Like I'm down with this trade. This trade is cool by me. If you're if by doing this you're saying Tua is our guy forever. Like Tua is our guy until the end, uh, until he doesn't want to be here anymore. Like if you're going all in on Tua with this move, then yes. But if you're not, and we're still going to have these like QB questions 
a year from now, two years from now, then no, it was a really stupid trade. It makes no sense because you have to you have to have that guy in place before you do something like this. Well, do you think Tua is the quarterback in two years in Miami? I think he has to be now, right? Like, oh, well, here's the thing: you if he get doesn't one? do good this year after they shored up the offensive line, after they had Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, and they have two serviceable running backs like Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert are not going to attract Tom Brady, but they're serviceable NFL running backs. Like if you can't right. do if they can't perform if Tua Their can't perform this glass, year, but they're serviceable. If Tua can't do well in this offense, when is he going to be able to do well? I guess the only built-in excuse would be that there's a first-year coach and a new offense. So you could give them give him this year and next year. I guess, but if he doesn't I do guess, well here, man. they got to move on. But that's just an absolute haul for Tyreek Hill. Like that is so many players for one dude. Yeah, you're at the right. end of the day, that it like, I think it could come back to bite him in the ass. I mean, dude, they better they better make the playoffs next year, and they better be in contention for a Super Bowl in the next three, or else it's real dumb, dude. Like that is oh, they're making that the is playoffs an all in year. move I've ever seen. One. They're making the playoffs next year. That's going to happen. I, I think they will too. I I like this Dolphins team going into next year. I, I like the defense. I'm still I'm still not off the boat on Tua either. Like I I saw what he did to us in college. I think that guy is still in there somewhere. I think he just had a rough you know a rough start. And with all the head coaching changes and stuff, you know what I mean. That's terrible for a young quarterback. So I'm I'm not off the Tua train yet. We'll see. I like the move. I guess. I mean, they better have a plan though. That's all I'm saying. I loved how Tyreek Hill included the Jets in the conversation. Like, oh, he's either going to be traded to the Jets or the Dolphins. And it's like after he gets traded to the Dolphins, he's like, yeah, the Jets were never – I was never going to New York. Like that was just not going to happen. Poor Jets. Poor Jets. They just get – I forget they, they have get, a football team up there. Sometimes I do also. I have to remind myself. And then I just see on the schedule that the Dolphins play them twice, and I just know that that's two wins. You know? <laughs> That's good. Which is nice. That's good stuff. Uh, should we talk about your boys? We should talk about my boys, dude. So first off, no Braves talk this this week. It's a little bit of a slow week for baseball. You know, a slow like couple weeks for baseball. You know. Yeah, the end. Of, yeah, the end of spring training. Um, I guess the only news that I saw really on the Braves front is that um, your favorite player, Luke Jackson, uh, forearm tightness. They don't know if he'll be ready for opening day. And the first thing I thought of was, well, because he wipes his pants so often in between pitches that obviously right. his forearm tightened up. Right. He's got carpal tunnel. But Correct. no, first off, my favorite player is Austin Riley. My second favorite player is Will Smith because he's much CTV. And then it's the boy, Max Freed. Those are, the, those are the, you know, the lineup. Luke isn't even in the top 10. But okay. uh, yeah. So I think we can both agree there's not a lot of Braves news. But our guys, dude. Our guys have a chance to become the H-words again. You know what I'm saying? The Atlanta professional basketball franchise, 37 and 37. They're 500. Every, every time we record, this team is 500. What can you say about Trey Young, though, dude? Like, this is unequivocally not Trey Young's fault, right? Duh. The fact that these guys, how good has he been over the past like 10 games? It's been unreal. I think they lost a game where he scored over 40 points, which is just they did. They absurd. Did. Absurd. And thank God they don't have to play the Detroit Pistons tonight, dude. Oh my God. The Detroit Pistons might as well be the 94 Bulls for the Atlanta <laughs> professional basketball franchise because they, they do not beat those guys. Detroit has 20 wins thank this year and 17 of them have come God. against Atlanta. Thank God. I will say this, dude. I will say this. I am raising my ceiling. You look ahead at this schedule, and there's eight games left. All right, Trav? I bet you didn't know this. There's eight games left. Three of the four teams that are above them, the Nets, the Cavs, and Toronto Raptors, they play each of those teams once. So, not a math guy, all right? But if they go 6-2, and two, if they beat all three of those teams... They go roughly six and two. They might could sneak in as the eight or seven seed, dude. Potentially avoid having to win two games to play into the playoffs, and then we're looking at a seventh seed in. You know what I mean? 
Put your tinfoil cap on. Think about it for a second. Let me know what you think. Okay. They're 37 and 37. They're 10th in the Eastern Conference. They play the Pacers. They played the Pacers Monday night. So that game's already done. Uh, Wednesday night, Thunder. Thursday night, Cavs. So the final eight games, they are going to go. They're going to go four and four. You know they're going to go four and four. Almost certainly they're going to go four and four, dude. They're going to go four and four. The win tonight feels massive, doesn't it? The The game tonight feels absolutely massive, doesn't it? It's huge against the Pacers. Just get the monkey off of your back. Get over five hundred, and then go on a run. Like the listeners, I have no... already know they they already know whether whether Atlanta beat the Pacers Monday night. Right, but I'm going to say this right now: if they beat the Pacers Monday night and go over tonight, if they beat the Pacers tonight and go over five hundred, they will finish the season over five hundred. I'm going to make that bold proclamation right now. They will finish the season some X amount of games over 500. I like that. If they ever reach, if they ever get one game above 500, they will never return to one game below 500. Agreed. Shake on it. And if they do return to under 500, I don't have to caddy for you. No, deal? that's not. No, that's not deal? the deal. No, deal. that's not the deal. Sounds good. The top of the Easter. This is a nine seed ceiling, by the way. This team is a nine seed ceiling. Did you want to adjust your seed? I'm going to go eight. Eight seed ceiling. I'm going. So you stayed below me win. for one week. You stayed below me for one week. <laughs> that that win at uh, you know the win in Atlanta against the Warriors, the Steph Curryless Warriors showed me something though. I, I liked it. We didn't have Bogey. We didn't have JC. It showed me something. A little bit of grit, dude. They were firing all cylinders. I, I like it. Let's get us to eight, man. Uh, dude, the top of the Eastern Conference is stupid right now. With it's the Celtics, crazy, but... the Bucks, who the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, all jockeying for position. I don't know which, as a Celtics fan, like I don't know which spot I want. You definitely don't want the one. I don't think. Isn't that crazy to say out loud? Like, well, you don't want to. You don't want to play Brooklyn, dude. You can't fit. But what if Brooklyn doesn't win? What if Charlotte somehow gets out of it? I guess, but I, I don't think, know. I, I think the ideal seed is the three seed, honestly. Because you probably get the Cavs. Yeah, don't get or Toronto. Don't give me any of those teams. I don't want to see any of those teams in the play in tournament except maybe Charlotte. Agreed. Like honest to God. Agreed. Like it like th- that's a mystery box. You know you're not getting Brooklyn if you're the three seed. You know you're not getting Atlanta if you're the three seed. And I, you do, make no mistake, dude. You would much rather see Cleveland Cavaliers, or uh, I, w- I was going to make a reach there. You definitely would rather see the Cleveland Cavaliers or Toronto Raptors than Atlanta, much less Brooklyn. So I, I don't know, dude. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be the one or the two seed. I wouldn't want any part of it if I this long. You know, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And also, I mean. I hate to bring it up, dude, but how bad does Robert Williams being out hurt this Celtics team, dude? Yeah, especially in the first round. Yeah, it sucks having the time lord out. Like he has been a godsend, and he's also helped buoy Al Horford to where Horford can play three out of every four games. And when he plays in those games, he's only playing twenty five minutes. You know, and so it's just just helped bring Horford along because when Horford plays, he's solid. He's good. He just can't go every day like he used to be able to go. But now. If they're going to ask Al Horford to play like 32 minutes a night, like I don't, that's not sustainable. So we'll see. I mean, hopefully. Right. It, yeah. Al Horford is a diminishing returns guy. Like he's great for 20 minutes, but if you play him any longer than that, he starts yeah, to become, starts instead of a B minus, you know, instead of a B minus player, he becomes a C plus, maybe a C player. You know, he's no longer, he's just an average player after that. So. Oh man! Dude, I really this hope LeBron makes it. Like, can we talk LeBron for a second? I hope he makes. I hope the Lakers make the playoffs. Like, I want to see the, his ass in a playing game. And I don't know I do if too. they will, man. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I think they get bounced in the play-in. But that would be sick. I need LeBron to play in that playing game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, I want hey, that. Is play-in. Anthony Davis going to play? Like, what's going yeah, on there? I think he's come, be, getting closer and closer to coming back, actually. I mean, as long as they have Westbrook, there's going to be problems. (laughs) Yeah. See, I think if he's in, if he's playing, 
it doesn't matter what their record is this year. You don't want to see them in the first round. You know what I mean? It, yes, their record stinks. They're a terrible team. But playing LeBron and Anthony Davis in the playoffs is still playing LeBron and Anthony Davis in the playoffs. It doesn't matter what teammates are around him. So you don't want to run into that in the first round. Do I think they'll get beaten to play in game? Yes. If if Anthony Davis is on the floor, though, it's a different dynamic. They they haven't put it together at all. But, I mean, we saw in the bubble what they can do. Um, Westbrook, he, he, dude, he's just falling off a cliff, man. It's like unwatchable. It's so bad, man. And, and LeBron is so – like we got – like we rag him all the time. But what he's doing this year is crazy town, dude. 38 yeah. and 8. Like he's averaging 30 points a night still. It's crazy. At age 36, Jumping six inches off nuts. the ground to dunk. And he's just every, like still getting triple doubles, still getting double doubles. Like it's just – it's like he hasn't fallen off yet at all. And if this team was any good, at, like if they had any talent at all, they'd be able to play off of them somehow. But who knows, man? Like the West, it would be pretty awesome to see the West if they were in full form. But no Damian Lillard in, in Portland. The Lakers have been banged up. No Steph Curry in Golden State. Uh, John Morant out for Memphis. Like they just all seem to be beat up. You know what I mean? For the first time yeah. in forever, the East is like – can make a legitimate case that the East is better. I think the East is better, personally. Yeah, like one mm-hmm. through eight, especially like the bottom of the East, way oh, better. One hundred percent. The bottom is way better. Yeah. But even at the top, pause, brother. Pause, pause. Around. Sus, sus, sus. No homo. No homo. <laughs> uh, dude, I think Tiger Woods might play in the Masters. I think Tiger Woods might play in the Masters tournament. And I is this Travis so... just making this up? Like, no, we're this closer? is not Travis. No, this is not Travis just making it up. There are. There are inklings, bro. I'll just say that. There are rumors. There are signs. There's whispers of rumors? There's whispers. They're talking about Tiger Woods at Augusta National. (laughs) It could happen, bro. Uh, There's one rumor that surfaces around uh, the Masters website, which has returning Masters champions not playing in the 2022 tournament. Tiger Woods is not on that list. Phil Mickelson's on that list. Your savior, Phil, Mik- Phil Mickelson's on that list. I'm not a Mickelson uh, guy, chill. Yeah, who, by the way, I noticed that all the Phil guys have taken, you know, they've all gone away for hibernation. There's no Phil Mickelson guys out there right now rooting for their guy, corrupt bastard. He's not playing in Agreed. the Masters, but Tiger Woods might. Tiger Woods might. That would make me so happy, dude. If he plays, he's hey, the better favorite. Let me. Uh, he's not a betting favorite, but let me tell know. you. Let me tell you. If he plays, I'm watching all four days. If he doesn't play, I'm watching Saturday, Sunday, dog. Um, I'm gonna watch all of it, but not like every shot. There's nobody in the field that I'm gonna look and be like, "Oh, when are they teeing off?" Except for yeah. Tiger Woods. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I think everyone does that, right? They're like. If you know Tiger Woods sees off at 11 a.m. Thursday, like you're probably gonna watch at 11 a.m. on Thursday. But otherwise, I'm just gonna yeah. watch it as you know as the weekend goes along. Absolutely. Uh, no, all right, well, let's close way. up, dude. We had ourselves quite an Oscars uh, fight: Will Smith versus Chris Rock. I feel like it's 1998 all over again. Incredible, dude. The I memes. Had- the memes, dude, that came out. <laughs> Immediately, have been so good. Legendary, dude. Also, was let me ask you this right off the rip, because this is a big, you know, this is a big talk. Was it stage? Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I? Should we play the clip? Yeah, yeah. Play the clip for the people. Let's play the clip. This is what it sounded like Sunday night at the Oscars. Chris Rock making a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife, and about halfway through the clip, you'll hear Will Smith. Smack Chris Rock, and then Chris Rock is basically just floored. Here's the clip Sunday night at the Oscars. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? (laughs) 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 It's that was a that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh Uh-oh, Richard. (laughs) Oh wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. 
Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, Spencer, so I'll let you start first. All right, were you asking if, if you thought it was fake or not? What did the five fingers say to the face? <laughs> yeah. So was this fake? Like, I don't think it was. When you hear Will Smith saying, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth twice. Yeah. Like that. Like when, and then like there's video two of it in between commercial breaks, like Denzel Washington and uh, I think Tyler Perry, who somehow got into that, into that trio, Chris Rock. Denzel Washington and Tyler Perry were talking uh, in between commercial breaks. And so I don't think it was fake. But th- I love that our generation, that's the first thing we go to. Real or fake? <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's just so outlandish. And when he was screaming, like, keep my wife's name out. We don't curse on this podcast, but keep your wife's name out, my, out your fucking mouth. Like, he looked crazy, dude. Like, he looked like an actual crazy person. He didn't look tough. He looked like somebody who had lost, like, I don't know, like, all sense of reality. Did you not think that? Like, Yeah, so when I went back and watched the clip, and obviously you can find it anywhere, when I went back and watched it, Will Smith's laughing immediately after Chris Rock says it. And then it's like, it's almost like he looks at his wife, who's pissed off, and he's like, oh, shit. I guess I got to go up there yeah. and handle this. <laughs> So he thought it was funny, and then he looks at his wife, and and she doesn't think it's funny. He's like, "Ah, well, I guess I gotta go up there and bitch slap this man." Maybe he was given like a fake laughter, like "ha ha 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 ha," and then went up. You know, that's that's what I got from that. Like he's, and it looked like he was kind of laughing on his way up there because Chris Rock was smiling at him as he walked up. He was, and Chris Rock just like stood there and took it. Like he gets slapped, and he barely (laughs) even budged, bro. His feet did not move at all. (laughs) <laughs> the way he handled it was pretty good too dude it's, yeah it, there's it, a couple more silences at the end but like he moves right into the documentary yeah. category <laughs> it was pretty good the way he was just like will smith just smacked the shit out of me <laughs> <laughs> oh man one of the best moments in television like where does that that's got to be crazier than kanye right Yes, 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 absolutely. Like the the Kanye thing was just like more off the wall because it like I mean it just made no sense. But like the Will Smith thing was like a full blown breakdown, you know what I mean? Like holy shit, levels to and Will physical Smith won violence. Best actor. He won his first ever best actor. The same That night. was the other thing. There was an there was another layer to it. He had to go up and give a speech after that. Yeah, dude. And- <laughs> Up, like what you can if you listen to that clip that we put in there, you can hear Chris Rock refer to Will Smith as Richard from King Richard, like Richard Williams, Serena, and Venus Williams's dad. That the role that he won best actor for, you can hear him almost go, Here comes Richard, unreal, <laughs> dude. And Will uh, so Smith that's then went on to apologize to everybody but Chris Rock, yeah, yeah, unreal. I think I side with Chris Rock on this though. Oh, me too. 100%. I think I'm on I think I'm team Chris now. There were some there were some tweets I saw that had like fake apologies from Chris Rock and it just says Chris Rock, I'd like to apologize for the insensitive comment I made last night. I consider myself a religious man and Nick Casti- and there's a drive by Castellanos into deep left field. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, we got, a, we got a chance to witness a little history, dude. I, I feel privileged. So thank you to Chris Rock and Will Smith for putting us in that time machine. Incredible, dude. Trav, uh, how did they find you on Twitter? Oh, no, no, no. That's my question. No, dude. I'm hitting you with it. Wait, so I, do I go first? Yes. All right, ask me again. Ask me again. Trav, how do they find you on Twitter? All right, find me on Twitter, at Jadon Sports. Uh, find the show at Podcast Grits on Instagram, the Hot Grits. Got a little Masters theme music coming up for you guys. Spencer, how do they find you? 
Find me on Twitter at Spencer Maddox underscore. Don't you dare forget that underscore. Trav, take us away. Oh, I think I like that ending. We might keep that in there. We're going to clip this part of me talking right now, but we're going to, we're going to keep that in there. Stay safe. Wash your hands. You filthy animals. Peace. Well, it's springtime in the valley on Magnolia Lane. It's the August National and the Master of the Game. Who wear that green coat on Sunday afternoon? Who walk that Singing this tune Augusta Your dogwoods and pines They play on my mind Like a song Augusta It's you that I love It's you Well, it's Watson, and Byron Nelson, and Demerit, and Claire, and Sneed. And it's Amen's Corner, and it's Hogan's Perfect Sway. It's Sarazen's Double Eagle at the 15th and 35, and the spirit of Clifford Roberts that keeps it alive. Augusta, your dogwoods and pines, they play on my mind like a song. Augusta, it's you that I love, it's you It's the legions of Arnie's army and the golden bear's throng. Wooden shafted legend, Bobby Jones. Commercial and residential electrical services that you can trust. Braddy Electric is Savannah's number one electrical services for commercial and residentials since 1970. It's family owned and family operated. Reach them today at 912-233-1561 or 1104 East 35th Street. Braddy Electric, that's two D's, B-R-A-D-D-Y. Five stars on Yelp, five stars on Google reviews, and Savannah's number one electrical servicer, since 1970. Call them today, 912-233-1561.